What is up, my dudes? Welcome to Olympia Oddities. I'm Trista. And I can't stop hitting myself, so I may have, I must be Steven. And Steven's going to open our episode today with one of his very own personal spooky stories for our official month of the spooky season coverage. We're going to title this section Hell House. <laughs> I'm so excited for this because as far as I know, Hell Houses aren't really that common out here. No, they're not. They're not at all. I would love to go to one. So, for the listeners who might not be in the know, what is a hell house? Yeah, so I was going to say so if anybody has like if you're listen if you're listening in the Pacific Northwest, you more than likely don't know this, but if anybody has been from the south, you probably already know what this is. But yeah, it's essentially a Christian-based haunted house where it's just a trip, not necessarily through hell, just a bunch of scenes and whatnot, which I'm going to get to that in a second. Essentially what it is is, yeah, like I said earlier, a, a, a Christian haunted house where it's just a bunch of scenes and it's usually put on by a church. And then at the end of this, you get to hell. And then we'll get to that in a, in a minute as well. But, oh, my God, my experience was so weird. I had a friend of mine that was like I was in middle school at the time. I believe I was in like seventh grade, probably seventh or eighth grade. Um <laughs> yeah seventh grade actually and he was like hey do you want to go to a haunted house and i was like yeah sure he was like cool my church is putting it on and i was like what yeah first red flag <laughs> <laughs> so a couple days pass or whatever it's like saturday friday whenever the hell it was and um and we're in kentucky which is again where most of these hell houses are taking place tennessee just the south sometimes a little bit northeastern but mostly the southeast mostly the bible belt so we get to kentucky and then I, we pull up to this church and i was like oh y'all are doing it at the church <laughs> as like, are we going into the church did y'all is that not blasphemous to deck out a church and like zombies and like Body all this parts crazy and yeah. stuff <laughs> now granted i did look up what a hell house was prior to going but i, I was like so are y'all gonna do all of this like in the church room i don't know how i feel about this and then yeah they take us out they shuffle us around or, or, or whatever and like nothing nothing was set up like like you know how when you wait in like a haunted house line or whatever like say my morbid mind uh you go in and it's like all dark and it's, I mean, like it's still light enough that you can like see in front of you and like the people around you but they'll have like some people have like metal music playing like they'll have like a screen at my morbid mind they have a screen there that plays like a bunch of metal music videos and yeah, stuff yeah they like set the mood before you go in to get scared they kind of like pre it's like pre-game your anxiety nah we just chilling in this building completely fluorescent lit up and they're just like you want some cider i was imagining a punch bowl so i'm really glad that they immediately <laughs> offered you like beverages i'm just imagining like just the most generic church you can think like long wooden table that clear like glass or plastic <laughs> bowl of like mysterious red punch it wasn't that it was it, and it was warm cider and they put it in like one of those like gatorade things that, that, that like every sports game or whatever you know the just i can't think of what to call it just the jug like the water jug new conspiracy theory at the nfl that's not gatorade baby <laughs> that's cider. apple cider <laughs> So yeah, they're like walking around. They're just like, you, you want some cider? You want some, you want some cookies? They had like cookies and shit. And I'm like, what in the world is going on here? So we finally get to us, like our group having to go through. <laughs> and we're immediately put back outside. And the first scene that we walk up to is 
like a flipped over car and like somebody's like hanging out like the bottom of it so like like yeah they're hanging out the window just like laying face down and then like there's you're you're being escorted by these people in long cloaks like hooded a, cloaks like a grim reaper moment like demons <laughs> see right off the right off the bat I'm laughing. Like, I know that's awful, but like... Oh, just wait. First, I've been outside the church. Then you drag me inside the church, offer me cookies and a hot beverage like I'm at my grandma's house. <laughs> my grandma's not like that. I wish I had a grandma like that. <laughs> um, You take me back outside. That's our second or third location yet? And then the first thing you're going to show me is like a car accident? <laughs> I might have seen one of those driving here. Right? I just... Low bar. Okay, just wait, because then it'll make you think about that car wreck that you just saw. So, Demon starts talking, and he was like, she was on her way to a party, but then she thought it was a good idea to drink before she left, get a little pregame in. But she didn't know that she was too buzzed to drive, and now look at her. And, like, she gets up or whatever, like, from place, because that was the end of his line, and she was that signified for her to get up, and she was just like, oh, my God. I'm so out of it. And then she looks at the car. She's like, oh, no. <laughs> and like, there's another car on the other side that they, it's kind of like off the way hidden, kind of, sort of. And then you're supposed to like walk down there and saw that she killed people. And then <laughs> basically just saying that, it, that she was drinking and driving. And then the demon comes back in and he's like, now that she saw what she did, she's going to go to hell for drinking and driving. On to the next one. And then, like, yeah, they start walking. You just start walking after that. Like, she's, like, as she's, like, crying and bawling. And, uh, and it, it, was, it was so, it was just ridiculous. You go, then you go to, like, the front of this barn that is, it, it's got two of the cloak guys on either side. And then they go and, like, open the door. And then me being the jackass that I am, they were shouting, just like, get in there. The Prince of Darkness is in there. I turned around. I was like, Ozzy's in there? just about to make that same exact joke yeah <laughs> like i literally in that moment i was like ozzy's in there and they were like yes and i was like yeah and then i just like, immediately just started I, I i walked faster in there just to be a jerk and then we come across we, like it we didn't come across it <laughs> it was planned of course but we were all shuffled into this first scene or whatever and it's like dark and all of a sudden the red lights go off for us to see to walk through and then the regular lights come on on the staged area and we're, it's a uh like a domestic abuse scene where Jesus this woman yeah i know this woman's like sitting on a couch and she's just like kind of like rocking back and forth just looking kind of worried and the demons like um this woman has seen like the worst of it all her husband's so abusive blah blah blah, blah. and then like, so she's going to hell? Is that no, the no, 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 not her. Okay. Not her. Not I was her, about to be so no, upset. No, 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 not her. Not her. And then the abusive husband comes home after his shtick, which I can't exactly remember what his whole thing was. But uh, he's like, "Why isn't dinner made?" And like, "Why are you just sitting there? Why is it dirty around here?" And then just like, yeah, they simulate him like beating her, just like throwing an arm across her. She gets thrown onto the couch, and then he goes and grabs a shotgun, and then he shoots her. And it's just a, and it's just a, like a, 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 a cap gun, like a shotgun like, with a like, cap with, gun with in the, it. Like, pop. Yeah, like, literally. That's all you like hear. you're walking through Cabela's and like there's that one kid that won't stop shooting off the cap yeah. gun they got. So like every three seconds. Or like, like a pop, court gun. Pop, yeah. Pop. Yep. And that's what it sounded like. Yeah. And then like he, he realizes what he did and then he gets mad about what he did and then he turns the gun on himself and then he shoots himself and then the demon's like, and now he's going to hell 
Luckily, this woman ain't done nothing wrong, so she's going to heaven. But this man is going to hell for being an abusive man. And that ain't right in the Bible. And I'm just kind of like, oh. Mm. See, this right here is where I would stop them. I'd be like, wait a minute, that teenage girl who drank and made the mistake of drinking and driving. Like, it's a bad, stupid, moronic thing to do, and you should never do it. But, like, that man killed his wife. <laughs> yeah. And you're telling me that they both have to. Isn't he just going to, like, <laughs> it was just so ridiculous so after i saw that and was kind of like shook by that we went to the next scene and the next scene was it wasn't a school shooting but it was a bunch of kids basically just committing suicide <laughs> because they were like is that what happens at high school parties i was never invited to one <laughs> i want to say there were there, there were at least two scenes on that one like two suicides Maybe three. I don't remember the third one. I think the third one was somebody just jumping off the back of the stage. The first one was a kid sitting at a desk and then he like shot his brains out. And then like the demon comes up and like does his little shtick. And then he grabs like the silly string that they like chopped up or like the like barely cooked ramen that they dyed pink. And he grabs a handful of that and throws it at you. And I'm just like, what in the world? And then you look over and then they have a mock hanging where this kid just hangs himself and then starts dangling. By which point I do remember this strictly freak on a leash by corn starts playing. <laughs> like they're playing metal throughout of all of hell, is. all of the, all of the, the just the, 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 these bad scenes in hell they're just playing metal okay so like this started with the car mm -hmm. and i was like tasteless yeah. not really that scary or tacky and then we got to the domestic violence thing that's incredibly tasteless <laughs> exactly incredibly tasteless like with the car thing i was like real life horror you know i can kind of see like a, a like how like a haunted house based off that might be like cool if it wasn't a hell house <laughs> um but like we got the grim reaper picking up demons demons some a victim of suicide's brains and throwing them at a group of middle schoolers that is more morbid than anything i have ever seen in one of my satanic normal haunted houses <laughs> that i like to go to what the heck i was just like what the hell is going on that takes a dark mind to think up right there. Like, and i did forget to mention earlier i know i just said it but yeah there was metal music playing throughout the entire just just metal and I can't, I can't remember what all was. They might have played a Pantera song, but I do remember, in fact, Freak on a Leash by Corn just started playing in the middle of this scene. Dude, if I'm getting pink ramen thrown at me while Pantera <laughs> plays, one, I'm, one, I'm getting a migraine. And two, I'm just going to be, like, upset. Like, you can give me, like, a smock or, like, a splash zone warning. <laughs> just going to hit me with some lukewarm ramen. I just, and I was, I was just, <laughs> I still to this day, I'm still trying to process and figure that out. I'm just like, what in the world? I wasn't like shook by it. I was just like, what the, <laughs> I feel ripped off. <laughs> yeah. Did you have to pay to get in that? I don't remember. I think I did have to bring like five bucks or whatever. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Went to that preacher's private jet. I honestly don't remember the other. I do. I do remember that there was like maybe another scene or two, but I honestly vaguely, vaguely remember what it was. But yeah, all of these people, just the demon at the end of it, just being like, "So they're going to hell." And then, Wait, did you get to meet Jesus at the end? I'm getting there, you're getting too far ahead of me. Sorry, <laughs> I got excited about the prospect of you meeting Jesus. That so, sounds like I want you to die. <laughs> I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> no. So I don't remember what the, I, I, like, I, I, I'll have to ask 
my friend Tasha, the tattoo artist Tasha, who still lives in Tennessee. I'll have to ask her if she remembers. Um, shout out Tasha if you're listening to this. But I remember after those two scenes, you went through like this weird tunnel of like, <laughs> if you're going to do any of these things, you're going to die. One of them was a still, like, like, like still mannequins and whatnot, but it was like ba- basically acting out an abortion. So that, yeah, you're you're going to hell if you have an abortion. One of them, I believe. Oh, we don't believe that. The Hell House does. I feel like we should. No, do yeah, like no. A the Hell House believes that. Clarification. Yes. That does that does need clarification. No, <laughs> we don't. We we don't believe that at all. We do not condone Hell Houses brainwashing people either. Uh, <laughs> another one was, I believe it was just like news clippings of like men getting AIDS after they had gotten married, and that they were going to hell for that too. <laughs> Uh, did you time travel back to 1985 when Sorry, you did this? So Jesus. It was so weird. I also, <laughs> and, and I'm not going to speak completely on on this one, but I want to say one of the scenes was like teens underage drinking and, and partaking in drugs and whatnot. And then like one of them went rogue and like started shooting them or whatever. So more, more, more court guns. But uh, back to the tunnel. Uh, the the last part that I remember of that tunnel is for whatever reason, which was actually pretty badass. They had a charred corpse just laying on a gurney, and I was like, "That's cool." I was like, "I found something in here that's actually worth being like." That's cool. But then we're all shuffled into this really big dark room, and <laughs> this was around the time that Dark Knight came out, mind you, as well. So we're all shuffled into this dark room, and then like. You start hearing this man just kind of talk, talk like the Joker, just like, I don't remember what he was saying, but he was using the very, the very much the same Heath Ledger Joker voice and like mannerisms and whatnot. And then like whenever like you'd see strobe lights, you'd get like little flashes of whatever. And yeah, he was the devil was the Joker. Oh, no, I'm not done. <laughs> so in the middle of him talking, like there's a couple more scenes in there. Like one of them is. It starts flashing and then he starts talking about this kid that's addicted to porn. And he's like, they, they depicted it like this kid goes out back of his house into the freaking woods in a tent with all of his porn. And he's just like on all fours, just like shuffling around, looking at all these magazines. And I'm like, is this how they think people look at porn? You, uh, you don't do that? <laughs> I don't remember what the other scene was, but that one, that one stuck out because I'm like, this is hilarious. This kid is just, he literally just like looking like he's looking for like a ring or something that he dropped. Like this is very important. And then he's just like shuffling through all these pages of porn. And then this bright light appears. The brightest light you've ever seen in your entire life. And an angel comes out and says, I'm here to save you. Come on through. I'm going to take you to safety. And all the demons, because this bright is so light, they're all, they're all like cowering away from it. And then you're shoveled into another room shuffled not shoveled shuffled into another room that is just white all the way around and like white lights white christmas lights everywhere and there's jesus yes i met jesus and then he goes on to his whole spiel and whatever that i don't remember exactly what it was but basically just saying like you need to choose this path otherwise you've seen what that was you've been to hell but i saved you and all you need to do just close your eyes, close your eyes for me. And then everybody closes their eyes and then basically makes us pray <laughs> and just like giving ourselves to the Lord. And I remember partway through that, it just kind of like 
peek my eye open and then like yeah i noticed that like the door was open and jesus was gone and i was like oh my god and i'm trying so hard not to laugh and then like at the end of his spiel he's like open your eyes and everybody opens their eyes and yeah he's gone and like i remember a few people just being like oh just looking around in amazement and i just looked out that weird little door and i was like this is this is ridiculous i'm just imagining like everyone closes their eyes and there's just like shuffling and like heavy footsteps <laughs> of him like like picking up like a backpack and putting it on and like shuffling some papers around <laughs> hold on <laughs> trips on the way out i will give them that they, luckily they did that very clean and there was no like shuffling or anything over the mic that he had on but after that we're shuffled in into the church like into the the worship area or whatever you call it i'm not good with church terminology anymore i left the south and they, yeah they have you write down on a piece of paper like what what you were saved from or what you're what you're like yeah just like what your worst sin was or whatever and then you're just like put that paper in a piece of box and then, yeah that was it and i was just like i just left there like what the hell was that what would you write down i don't remember i don't even think i wrote anything down. i think i just like wrote scrooge mcduck on the sheet of paper just because it was a weird little inside joke that i had from a youtube video at the time that i can't even remember where that came from and I just put it in the box and then just went and then I just walked away. I was like, what the hell was that? Unrelated. But one time I was at the uh, procession of the species and they have a box for like, your like intentions of the season. And I didn't really know what that meant. So I just wrote naughty things on my, <laughs> on my slip. That's probably damn. I wish I'd written that or written that down on that piece of paper. I don't even remember what that paper said. It might not have been that. I don't, I don't remember. I would have written Nunya business. <laughs> Beautiful. So yeah, that that is the end of this portion called Hell House. Thank you for taking us on that hellish journey. <laughs> I hope y'all choose the right path in life. So problematic. So now for today's episode. We have a wild Bigfoot tale to tell you all today. <gasps> More Bigfoot. Yes. Give me Patty. Today, we're going to be telling you about a man who was allegedly held captive by a family of Sasquatch for nearly a week. We'll cover his time spent with the Sasquatch up to his daring escape that allowed him to make his way back home safely. Albert Austin was a Canadian prospector, lumberjack, and woodsman. In 1924, he took a vacation to an area near Toba Inlet in British Columbia. He had heard stories of legendary man-beasts that were said to live in the area, but he didn't pay very much attention to these rumors. He just didn't believe them. I feel like if you're going to a certain area and people take the time to be like, hey, you should be concerned about this thing, like maybe at least keep it in the back of your mind. Maybe not the back, like the middle. Like, don't just throw it right out the window. Like, I don't believe that. I was about to be like, sir, have you not seen the Blair Witch Project but 1924? Eh, you know. <laughs> well, eh. I think it's safe to say that he uh, did not see the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, I missed it by a bit. <laughs> As Osman was sleeping in his sleeping bags one of the nights, a large male Sasquatch picked him up and carried him off into the woods in his sleeping bag. Now I'm just imagining Tenacious D, and honestly, I love it. He later told the newspaper, The Province, that I didn't know it was the old man Sasquatch at the time. All I know is that I was being carried and that the sleeping bag was pulled so tight around my neck that I almost choked. He just slung me over his shoulder and away we went. Man, I want to be slung in Sasquatch's papoose. It does sound kind of like, and now I'm thinking about Tenacious D and I want to go have like a fun 
mushroom-fueled Bigfoot adventure. I want to be slung on Sasquatch's like satchel, just on his back. That that sounds like so much fun. He claimed that when he was finally set down, he had been taken to a cave-like shelter underneath a rocky cliff. When he looked up, he realized that he was surrounded by what appeared to be a family of Sasquatch. Oh, we got a family of them. I know we said that earlier, but still, this is we got more than one. Yes. There was the large male Sasquatch who had abducted him, and Ostman thought that he stood around seven feet tall and probably weighed around 500 to 600 pounds. There was a slightly smaller in size adult female that Ostman referred to as the old lady. Leave her alone. Rude. Ostman later recalled that the adult female had seemed annoyed with the adult male who had drunk Ostman to their cave. <laughs> we got a real married with children dynamic here. <laughs> Sometimes you're just trying to like get some cleaning done, make Love dinner. And, Sasquatch. <laughs> and then your husband Squatch just brings home his stupid friend that he found. It's like, hey, I met this guy at the gas station. Why'd you bring the naked one? The two others appeared to be juveniles, with the male one standing at about six feet and 200 pounds, and the female standing at six feet. But Austin said that she, or Austman, said she probably weighed around 100 pounds. I have issues with this. Six feet tall and 100 pounds? That is a very emaciated Sasquatch. Yeah, that is. I was about to say, you're not even going to spring for like a buck 25 there, bud. You'd be a string bean. Like, she'd literally be like just... I mean, that is interesting. I mean, I'm six foot tall and I weighed a little over 200 pounds, but I, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know, women may... I'm going to look into six foot tall women now and see how that weight ratio plays out. Because I feel like... that. No, that's, no, Google, that's emaciated. No. I was going to say, if you Google six foot tall, 100 pound women, you're just going to get a bunch of models. Well, well, no, I didn't mean like that. I was gonna, I wasn't gonna do it like that and just be like six foot tall, hundred pound women. No, I wanted, I wanted to know more of the dynamics on that. It's gonna be more of a refined search. <laughs> he described them as being completely covered in hair and without a scrap of clothing in sight. He recounted this in the article in the province newspaper, saying that their speech was a sort of chattering, and even though they wore no clothing, they used blankets made of moss woven with strips of cedar bark, and they never used fire. They ate no meat with a diet consisting of fruit and nuts. They gave Ostman some sweet roots to eat during his time with them. So they talk like beavers? A little bit. Or like how I imagine it is like, have you ever had like, you know, like when your cat sits on like inside the window and there's a bird outside and they make like that really weird like ah. like sound at them? That's how I imagine it in my brain. I dig it. Interestingly, though. Ostman didn't think that these creatures had any sort of cryptozoological or supernatural origins, telling the province that they were definitely human, although primitive, and seemed more curious about me than anything. Every time I would attempt to leave, though, the old man would block my way. Ooh, that would scare me. Yeah, definitely. And by day, like, two or three, I'm pretty sure that's getting pretty old. Ostman's opportunity for escape eventually came on the seventh day. He was taking a bit of snuff from a container of it that he had when he noticed that the adult male Bigfoot seemed awfully curious about it. Ostman handed him the tin, and the Sasquatch opened his mouth and downed the entire pack in one gulp. Oh, he's going to regret that later. This made the Sasquatch very sick, understandably, and Ostman used this distraction as an opportunity to grab his stuff as fast as he could and make a break for it. Smart man. Ostman was unharmed, and he was able to make it back to safety. He didn't tell his story for years for fear of being thought of as crazy. 
He finally decided to tell his story to the newspaper The Province in 1957. A little closer to Bow Witch. Or, uh, 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 Blair Witch, excuse me. Blair Witch, I got my witches mixed up. The amount of Sasquatch encounters popping up in the press also helped him change his mind and decide to tell his story. Skeptics of Ostman's story, though, have issues with the amount of details he was able to recall years and years after it happening, and found the fact that he waited so long to share his story as suspicious, too. Counterpoint. Don't you think if you were kidnapped by a family of Sasquatch that you would remember every detail of it? More than likely, yeah. That's pretty outrageous. Right? It's not like, like, what'd you do yesterday? Oh, I went to the gas station. What'd you buy there? Oh, I don't know. I'd have to think for a minute. It's like, y'all, and also, like, I thought he told it to his friends and stuff. That didn't happen to you. Right, the slightest (laughs) weird thing happens to me. I go and I tell all my friends about it to the point where it's burned into my brain for the rest of my life. (laughs) I believe. (laughs) I'm just thinking back to, like, my Hell House story. I'm just kind of like, wow, I really couldn't tell my friends because my friends were there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I was just like, who do I tell about this? This is so strange. I mean, while I think that Ostman's encounter with a family of friendly yet intimidating Sasquatches is unlikely to have happened, one line from the... While I think that Ostman's encounter with a family of friendly yet intimidating Sasquatches is unlikely to have happened, one line from his newspaper article really stuck with me, and I thought it would be a great place to wrap up this episode. Ooh, lay it on me. I need to know what this man said. He said, They don't want to harm anyone, and they don't want anyone to harm them. My advice to anyone going out hunting is to just leave them alone. They probably don't want any part in us, and I don't blame them. So bottom line, leave them alone. Leave them alone. Thank you for listening to another episode of Olympia Oddities. If you want to support the podcast, you can leave us a positive review, tell a friend, or follow the Facebook or Instagram for the podcast at Olympia Oddities Podcast for both. If you want to send us an idea for an episode topic, a UFO sighting, or a cryptid story, Feel free to DM us anytime, or you can send us an email at olympiaoddities at gmail.com. Um, if you want your name mentioned, please send that in and let us know that we can like use your name when doing it. I keep forgetting to say that. Also, if you have any Hell House questions, I'll try to field those. I'm Trista, and my personal Instagram is at Saloon Ghost. I'm Steven, and mine is at the Steven Ramirez. Until next time, friends, and remember... Leave them alone. Leave them alone.